this month, which of course is fitting after our July 4th. Oh, I need that up there. Reminds me of a story, a little, a little um, preschool teacher was telling her young students all about Independence Day and, and patriotism. And she said, you know, we live in such a great country, and one of the things that makes it so great is we're all free. And a little boy stands up in the back of the room, and he puts his hands on his hips, and he says, I'm not free. I'm four. <laughs> I love that. But, so let's talk about freedom. Four. When I hear the word freedom, I think of the feeling of it. Just, it's not so much the definition as the feeling, right? It's the deep breath. It's the, it's the openness. It's the unconstraint. It's, um, it's ease and flow, all of that. That's the feeling of freedom. And that's what we have, right? Freedom is one of our qualities of God which means that it is, it's innate in us, right? It's, um, it's our very essence. Ernest Holmes says, the divine plan is one of freedom. Bondage is not God-ordained. Freedom is the birthright of every living soul. All instinctively feel this. The truth points to freedom under law. Thus, the inherent nature of man is forever seeking to express itself in terms of freedom. So just to unpack that a little bit, remember, you know, freedom is our birthright. It is our birthright, and it's part of the divine plan. It's our very nature, and it's always seeking a greater expression through us. Right? And how do we express freedom? We express it with our choices. Right? We choose we are free to choose within each and every moment. And I love how he points this out. We instinctively feel it, don't we? I mean, there is that, that sense of, of freedom about us. And, it, you know, the truth is we have known freedom since our very first breath. Think about it. When, when, we, were, when we were in the womb, right? I mean, we had all our needs met, everything was wonderful, except that we were confined. We were confined. It wasn't until our birth that we're launched into freedom and propelled into this world of sights and sounds and, and, and all of our senses and begin to really appreciate the unlimited potential that is life now that we're freed from the tether of the umbilical cord. Right? And that's when our story begins. Right? And we're free to write it. We're free to write it any way we want because we create our lives. Ernest Holmes writes in The Science of Mind, my opportunities are unlimited. There is a divine urge to express. It permeates me and fills all space and all people. It's that divine urge, the divine urge that never stops. And we never stop creating. Key point. 
We are creation machines, really, right? And our gears are our thoughts and our feelings and, and our beliefs. So the question is, what are we creating? What is your story? You know, last week, Reverend Sharon Hudson talked about creating her perfect life partner, right? I don't know if, if you weren't here, it was a great talk at the CD. Anyway, um, Michael and I laughed when we heard it because there were so many similarities. Um, and I just want to share a couple. So I also was in practitioner class when I was ready for my life partner, right? And I asked my pod to join me in, in affirming, and this was my affirmation, that my perfect life partner was being called into my life as I made space for him in my heart. Right? Isn't that nice? I love that affirmation. And they, my pod was so good at keeping that in, in, in their prayers. So actually the night before my practitioner graduation ceremony, I was at a party and met Michael. Oh. So instant connection. For me, instant knowing this is the one. For him, it took a little longer, different story, but, but we immediately started dating, and, or as I say, courting. <laughs> and um, so two, two months later is my oral panel, which is kind of the final test of, to get a practitioner license. And he offered to drive me and to support me, and I thought, is great. Sure, you bet. I'll take it. So I'm in the practitioner panel, and one of the questions they ask me is, give us a, a recent demonstration of answered prayer. And I said, he's sitting out there. And I told them all about Michael and how I prayed, and this is perfect. Afterwards, they came out, they shook his hand, congratulated him on me passing the panels. Because... <laughs> That's lovely. So, you know, we manifested each other, I guess you could say. Uh, by the way, we've been married now 20 years this year. So, just had to share that. So, you know, that's, that's our story, one of our stories. And we each have our own life story, right? Filled with relationships and, and experiences that shape who we are and what we believe the world to be. And depending on our perspective, our experiences can be viewed with negativity and a feeling of being a victim, or they can fuel a life of empowerment and, and self-development. It's the story we tell ourselves about what happens that makes all the difference. I've once heard there, there are really just two types of people. There are those who wake up in the morning and say, good morning, God. And then there are those who wake up and say, good God, it's morning. <laughs> and sometimes we're a little bit of both, yeah? <laughs> But the fact is, we get to decide moment by moment, and we get to choose the perspective of our life. Principle is not bound by precedent. You've heard that. That's the fact. We can reframe, we can reshape 
our ideas and our beliefs and our thoughts. We can recast the past to create a different present. We know that this is, that's our philosophy, right? Ernest Holmes writes, there is no limit to the law. Limitation is not inherent in the law, but is a result of man's inability to embody the truth and constructively use the law, right? There is no limit to the law. It's not the law's fault. <laughs> the limit's here with us. We're our own limiters because we do not, what, just allow ourselves to be the bigness that we are. Right? We're choosing not to embody the truth or constructively use the law. Our choice. There's a saying that life does not happen to you, it happens through you. And it's a great reminder that we have the power to rewrite, to reinterpret, to reinvent ourselves and our lives. And you know, even when something terrible or traumatic occurs, you know, the truth is within us is the same power that, that orbits the planets that allows the sun to shine and the grass to grow, and that is breathing itself through us as us. We are that, no matter what happens out there. We just have to remember and to align with it. You know, in my work as a hospice chaplain, I often engage my patients in what we call life review. Um, it's exploring just the stories of their lives, right? The memories, the experiences, the values, and where they found meaning in their life. In the process of that, they, they get to see the full arc of their life, right? Not just the little sliver of the disease process that may be going on. The whole arc. All of the turning points all of the successes and the disappointments, right? But they get to see it all. And as they reflect, they realize that many of the core values, the, the life lessons, the, the wisdom that they've gained have most often come from the disappointments, the pain, the suffering, right? That's where our growth is, right? The owl in growth. And they get to recognize that they have come through all of those, right? To really appreciate that inner resiliency that they have. To re remember and reconnect with their inner strength that can help to carry them through even this, right? It continues to sustain them. And, of course, life review isn't something that can only be done at end of life. It's, it's something that's beneficial at any time in every stage of our life. In fact, gerontologists say that one of the major tasks in successful aging, wait, let me pause here, successful aging, we are all aging, <laughs> you know, let's do it successfully, okay. Gerontologists say one of the major tasks in successful aging is to reflect on the past experiences, your achievements and the conflicts, okay? To hold both of them. 
So reviewing your, your past, your life, your, the story of your past, really, because within that is the story of your future. Because it's based on the choices that you are making day in and day out. So I once heard a, a story about a, South, uh, a tribe in South Africa called the Sutus. And they have a wonderful practice that, that really speaks to this idea. When someone in the tribe is sharing what they call a positive daydream, which is a, a future picture with empowering images, say, something we would call an affirmative statement or um, a high ideal. But when they say that, the person listening seals the phrase by saying, and that's a healing story. That's a healing story. Just acknowledge it. So for instance, someone may say, I know the day ahead is filled with joy and love and blessings. And the person hearing it would say, and that's a healing story, right? They affirm it. Now, if a tribe member is sharing what they call a negative daydream, something with images um, or projections based on fear, something like, you know, the rains will never come and we'll all starve, okay? The listener reminds the speaker of the power of their word and simply says, and that's a story that doesn't need to happen. Healing story, and that's a story that just doesn't need to happen. Right? Uh, Michael and I used this just the other day. We, on July 4th, we were uh, hiking mission trails. And at one point, Michael, Michael says, you know, the best part of hiking for me is afterwards I'm tired, but I'm very peaceful inside. And I said, and that's a healing story. I'll take that. <laughs> And then, you know, more hills and hills and hills, and my legs are screaming, and another hill is approaching, and I, what comes out of my mouth is, uh, you know what, I don't think I'm going to be able to get up tomorrow, I'm going out of bed tomorrow because I'm going to be so sore. And Michael turns to me and says, and that's a story that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> yep. So we get to do that for each other, you know, it's nice, it's nice. But what I love best about that practice is it really does recognize that any stories that we speak about our future, right, any of our grand predictions about how life is about to be, they're simply stories. They're simply stories that we are creating, right? They don't have to be true. They don't have to be true. We are master creators. So whatever we do say is going to demonstrate the future. It's kind of like we're, we're the genie in the bottle, right? And, and <laughs> with the magic wand for our own lives, you know, just as you say. <laughs> so another, another story here, a great fable. That really drives that home for me. It's the story of the wishing tree. So a man is in a faraway land, um, and he's, he's traveling. He's, he's on a long uh, journey. And at the end of the day, he, he sits under a tree to settle down for, for the night. 
And what he doesn't know is it's a wishing tree. It's known to grant all wishes. So he falls asleep, and the next morning he wakes up, and he stretches, and he's like, ah, oh, wonderful. Well, you know, I'm really thirsty. I wish I had something to drink. And poof, this pitcher of refreshing clear water appears with a little glass. He's like, cool. And then he says, now I'm hungry. I wish I had something to eat. And poof, a table just laid full of his favorite foods appears. He's like, this is awesome. And then he says, the only thing missing, I wish I had someone to share all this abundance with. And poof, a beautiful woman appears. And they eat their food together, and they connect, and they're just having a wonderful time. And the man starts thinking, you know that journey? Maybe I'll just stay here. There, this is a good place to be. I'm not gonna, I don't think I need to go anywhere. This would be a great place to settle. And poof, this huge mansion appears filled with all of the things that he would need, the furniture, the servants, the whole bit, you know. And he takes the woman's hand, and they start walking toward the mansion, and, and a tiny little thought of fear comes into his mind. And he says, hmm, you know, this may be too good to be true. I'll bet there's a monster in there, and it's going to eat me. And there was, and it did. The end. <laughs> right? The moral of the story is our fear outpictures just as easily as our desires. Right? Our thoughts and words create our experience. And that's what creates our stories. Right. So there's a wonderful poem by Mikhail Nemi from the Book of Merdad that I'd like to read. And I just invite you to close your eyes and just kind of take in these words, take and the images into your heart. It goes like this. Think as if your every thought were to be etched in fire upon the sky for everything and everyone to see, for so in truth it is. Speak as if the entire world were but a single ear intent on hearing what you say, for so in truth it is. Do as if your every deed were to recoil upon your head, for so in truth it does. Wish as if you were the wish, for so in truth you are. Live as if your God himself had need of you for his life to live, for so in truth he does. He does. You know, God does have a need of us for its life to live, for we are the life of the divine. Right? And spirit, the law, is that single ear intent on hearing what we have to say. Right? And, and the best part, it always says yes. It always says yes. It says yes to 
any story we tell, any story we create. So here's a healing story from Ernest Holmes that I think we can all adopt. He writes, Today the possibilities of my experience are unlimited. The Spirit flows through me, inspiring me, and sustaining that inspiration. I have ability and talent, and I am busy using them. This talent is divinely sustained and marketed under a universal plan of right action. Wow. Unlimited possibilities, right? Divinely sustained. I don't know about you, but that's a story I can get behind, huh? Yeah. So this week, I just invite you to take some time and look at the life story that you're creating for yourself. Remembering that you have the choice, the freedom, the freedom to begin telling yourself whatever story, a new version of the past and the present. You can choose a story that supports you, a story that demonstrates your resiliency and your creativity. I mean, after all, we, we are the authors of our story. So I say, let's make it a true masterpiece, right? <laughs> yes. You with me? Yeah. All right, great. Thank you very much. <laughs>